this right here could be the biggest moment of his career. Is it his time? Yes! Mel Watson is wearing a green jacket at Augusta. There's no doubt about it. The Bear has come out of hibernation. All right, here we go on the Golf Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Will Doctor. Thanks for joining me as I give you all the picks and predictions you need heading into the Bermuda Championship. Last week's card, uh, let's call it how it is. Last week's card for the action in Cabo was an absolute disaster. We went down 2.6 units on the week. You start with Chris Goderup, who I had to win into top 10. I was obsessed with Chris Goderup last week. He rolled into Cabo with five top 20s in his last seven starts. He had just received his PGA Tour card about a month ago after a stellar season on the Corn Ferry Tour. And he didn't play well enough uh, to make it to the weekend at El Cardinal last week. So that's number one. Goddard was a disaster. Number two was to hit the gala. Uh, how the gala could miss the cut in, in that field last week, in that weak field. Uh, is beyond me, but uh, he missed his first cut of the fall series. So the gala to top 10 at plus 200 did not even have a chance on the weekend. The one pick to place that hit last week was the, the trusty Ludwig Oberg to top 10 at plus 120. So we were one through three, uh, one for three, my apologies in the picks to place department. And then the other positive from last week is that I hit two of the three uh, in two of the three tickets in the matchup section. We hit Hayden Buckley over David Lipsky at even money. Buckley finished the week at twelve under par, and like I told you, David Lipsky uh, did not stand a chance at El Cardinal. That is not a course that suits his game, and he missed the cut. So Buckley won that matchup in a landslide. Number two for the matchups, we hit Bo Hosler over Steven Yeager at minus 110 odds. I told you before the week that matchup between Hosler and Yeager would come down to Sunday afternoon. It'd come down to the wire, and that's exactly what happened. Hosler was trailing Yeager for the first three rounds. Looked like looked like Yeager w- was going to be in the top three to end this golf tournament based on you know the way he's played all fall. Uh, the German has just been on an absolute roll as far as consistency is concerned. And we got the same story out of the first two rounds from Jaeger. He was on a heater to start the week in Cabo as he opened with 66-65. But he cooled off Saturday, firing a 75, which really took him out of contention. And Hosler did the complete opposite. Kind of a slower start Thursday, Friday, and then he turned it on. Over the weekend in Cabo, firing 67-65 to beat Jaeger by four shots. So that cashed. And our one losing matchup, our one negative uh, one negative side of the matchups for last week was Cam Champ over Ben Griffin at minus 110 on Bovada. We lost that as Griffin outplayed Cam Champ by three shots. I like Ben Griffin a lot this week. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. And aside from our bets, I I would give the Worldwide Technology Championship about a 3.5 out of 10 rating. El Cardinal uh, really did not have any pop and sizzle. It was not a challenging golf course. It was an absolute birdie fest. I thought PGA Tour veteran Kelly Kraft framed it perfectly. He voiced his opinion about the golf course, about 
Tigers Golf Course on Instagram, at Kelly Craft Golf. And he said, and I quote, the best part about this week was having my family here and watching the Rangers win the World Series. About the golf, not sure where to start. All I will say is the PGA Tour could do a better job at picking courses that host these events. In my opinion, it wasn't my favorite course, and I've played on tour for a little while. And close quote from Kelly Kraft, and I agree with Kraft. Uh, this was the first time the PGA Tour hosts an event at a course designed by Tiger Woods, and it was by all means a complete disaster. From the lack of challenge to some of the horrible turf conditions around the green, um, this was the worst course uh, that the PGA Tour has come to all year. El Cardinal should probably never host a PGA Tour event again. We talked last week about how these coastal golf courses like Cabo, like Puerto Rico, like Vedanta, they just lack character and they lack the ability to test the golfers. I'm not saying that the PGA Tour shouldn't visit these regions. There, there There's an endless amount of pure golf um, in Central America and the Caribbean, but the suits at the PGA Tour front office have to get deals done with these better golf courses down there. A lot of courses don't want to give up two to three months of public or private play in order to accommodate a PGA Tour event. You know, they have to they have to shut the course down about uh, uh, six to eight weeks before the tournament starts, depending on what course you're talking about. So you have to give the courses more money. You know, live is. You know, Liv is handing six to eight million to courses that will um, accept the Liv tournament. That is a, a huge appeal. That's why you've seen uh, Greenbrier up in West Virginia. Up in West Virginia, you've seen Greenbrier on the Liv schedule. That used to be a PGA Tour event. Mayakoba used to be a PGA Tour event. It's now on the Liv schedule. Well, why? Because Liv is handing these courses, you know, a, a huge amount of money. Uh, to host uh, their tournaments. Look at Trump's courses, Bedmeister, Doral. Uh, these were once PGA Tour golf courses, great tracks um, that have now fallen into bed with Liv, and how could you blame them? Um, I'm not sure what the tour pays courses to to host events, but I can tell you it's not 6 to $8 million. It's not enough to cover their entire sheet for the year, and Liv is more than willing to do that. I think that's where the PGA Tour has to get a lot better. There's a lot of courses um, on the PGA Tour schedule that are just not good. You cannot have the winning score of a PGA Tour event be 27 to 30 under. That is boring for the viewer. And you know, and you can't settle with just flat out bad golf courses. Now, as far as the winner for last week, props to Eric Van Roy and the South African who notched his second PGA Tour victory last week. I, I was convinced that Camillo Villegas was going to win in Cabo. Um, you know, through the halfway point, I wanted Camillo Villegas to win. I wanted him to win not only because he's one of the greatest guys on the PGA Tour. Uh, Camillo, always someone who was so good to the media, so good to the fans. He hung around El Cardinal after losing by two pulled up a chair and signed every last autograph. You will not find maybe Ricky Fowler other than Camillo and Ricky. You're not going to find a player who's going to stick around on a Sunday after a tournament. They're in the private car. They're in the private plane off and running out of there. Not Camillo. 
And you have to be a fan of Camillo Villegas um, really after what he's been through over the last three years. He lost his firstborn daughter, Mia, you know, 22 months after birth. The Villegas family lost baby Mia to tumors on her brain and on her spine. That was just an awful tragedy. Tragedy When you talk about horrible things happening to great people, especially in the world of golf, there is no worse tragedy in the last five years in the golf world than losing baby Mia Villegas. And less than a month after her death, Villegas went back out on the golf course, uh, you know, went back to, uh, you know, was open uh, with his story to the media, uh, went back out on the golf course and began to get back to work. Now, you have to understand Camillo Villegas has not went on the PGA Tour in 10 years. This is a a Colombian who was a fixture on the PGA Tour in the late 2000s, early 2010s. He won four times on the PGA Tour in that span, including the 2008 Tour Championship. But after his last win at the 2014 Wyndham, he has gone through a massive decade-long slump that has seen him back on the Corn Ferry Tour and just trying to get back to the top by any means possible. And I thought we were going to see that in Cabo last week, but the you know the South African Eric Van Rooyen he had other plans as he finished the back nine on Sunday, going birdie birdie eagle to best Vegas by two. And give it to Van Rooyen, he was playing with uh, just as much of an emotional vibe as Vegas was. Van Rooyen found out before the week that his best friend and fellow Minnesota Gopher teammate. John Trazamar had six to 10 weeks left to live after finding out that a, you know, he, uh, Trazamar found out that his melanoma, which he was in remission for had come back and spread throughout his entire body. So Van Royen found out on Monday before the start of the worldwide technology that his best friend and former college teammate only had six to 10 weeks left to live. Um, you know, it just doesn't get any heavier than that. And Van Royen said he had Trasmar in mind prior to every shot he hit en route to that Sunday 63. So to be fair for last week, you know, the two stories you had at the top with Viegas and, and Van Royen coming down the stretch were very compelling. Um, you know, both of both guys, you know, you want to win for reasons beyond themselves and you saw that unravel there late on Sunday at El Cardinal with Eric Van Rooyen coming away with his second career PGA Tour victory. All right, let's not waste any time getting to the picks for the Bermuda Championship. And Port Royal Golf Club is is really a different coastal look than what you got last week out of El Cardinal. Port Royal is far shorter. It's it's the longest course in Bermuda, but at 6,800 yards, it's much shorter than the average PGA Tour golf course. And uh, another difference is, is the variance of weather that can come through this section of Bermuda, really Bermuda in general. And that is reflected when you look at some of the winning scores year to year. Last year, it was Seamus Power winning his second PGA Tour event, and he won with a winning score of 24 under par, and the weather cooperated all week. In 2022 and 2021, the winning score was 15 under with some crazy weather. And then in the inaugural Bermuda Championship back in 2020, 
Brendan Todd had the winning score of 24 under par. Now, the forecast for this week in Bermuda it is pure up until Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, you'll get the heavy wind gusts coming in, and Sunday, you'll have showers in the area of Port Royal. So the two keys for me this week with, with players I'll be picking are those who have a history of playing well in bad weather. Um, and, and I'm going to be very focused on the best putters in the field this week. I am dialing in on the best butt rock rollers for two reasons. Number one, the hardest aspect, I said this before the Open, the hardest aspect of playing in bad weather is putting. Keeping the touch, keeping the speed control down when you can't feel your hands and it's rate and, and, and it's raining sideways, that's no easy task. And number two, in the case that the inclement weather does not hit Bermuda on the weekend, this is going to be an absolute birdie fest that could reach, you know, the 23, 25 under par range. And we want to have good putters on the card with that type of situation. So the order of play this week will be a little different since the odds for the favorites are so bad. We'll go right into the matchups, followed by uh, a pick to place. Then I'll give you a winner. I'll give you a sleeper and a lineup. And then we will round things out with a first round leader scoring prediction and a best bet. And the reason I'm not doing favorites this week is because, you know, the odds are out of whack for these, for these top five or six guys. Adam Scott opens at 18 to one. He should be more around 21 to one. Akshay Bhatia, who, you know, I'll give him his respect. He's a PGA Tour winner, won the Barracuda late last spring, you know, but he opens at 22 to one. This is still a second year PGA Tour player. Bhatia should be more around the 28 to 30 to one range. Uh, Brendan Todd would be uh, the third favorite at 20 to, one, 20 to one. Todd should be more in the 25 to one range. Lucas Glover opened to 25 to one Glover should be more in the 30 to one range. So with the shockingly weak field, Vegas is really trying to reel you in to overpay for one of these favorites. And, and we'll have none of it. Stay away from every one of the top five to six favorites in the field this week. I'll hit on Batia a little bit later on in, in a prop, uh, but at 22 to one, you know, that's, Way too expensive than what his price should be. Should be more around the 28 to 30 to 1 range. You know, someone in the mid-tier to long shot range is coming away with the victory this week. And we're going to find out who that player is. Let's start with the matchups, which is going to be, we only have one matchup this week. It's going to be Justin Lauer over MJ Duffy at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And Justin Lauer's game fits the mold for what is required at Port Royal. He's um, not a long hitter by any means, which doesn't matter around this golf course, but what a putter Justin Lauer is, is he ranks 33rd um, in, in the putting stat category heading into Bermuda. I really liked the way Justin, uh, Justin Lauer played last week in Cabo as he put together rounds of 65, 67, 73, 65 en route to a 23rd place finish. And, you know, Lauer would have had the chance to win on Sunday had he not uh, done the third round 73. Other, other than the third round 73, he played he played great last week. And I expect Lauer to steamroll MJ Duffy, especially with the fact that Lauer 
has finished 17th and 8th in his only two starts in Bermuda. You just know that he has a he has a great feel for Port Royal. And as for MJ Duffy, this is a South African who generally likes golf courses where bombers are rewarded. And that just doesn't happen at Port Royal. Um, you don't get rewarded for long distance. Um, and you look at the rest of Duffy's game, it's below average. He, you know, he puts below average, his driving accuracy is below average, and so is his iron play. So I see this very similar to the Buckley over Lipsky matchup from last week. You got one player in Justin Lauer who fits Port Royal to a T. And then you have another player in MJ Duffy who, you know, is is most likely going to miss the cut this week. Um this is a matchup that I see ending on Friday with Lauer in contention and Duffy packing his bags and heading back to the States. It's Justin Lauer over MJ Duffy at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook for our one matchup of the week. We'll get to another matchup in the best bets, but for this section, it is only Justin Lauer over MJ Duffy at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, let's get to work on this one pick to place for the week. It's going to be Doug in the top 20 at plus 160 on bet 365. And we're rolling with the 27-year-old out of the University of Texas, not only because of the success he's had at Port Royal, but really because of his scope of work on coastal golf courses in general. He finished top 20 in both of his starts at Port Royal and Gim is coming off a 15th place finish last week in Cabo. I think you really have to look at where Gim is in the FedEx Cup standings to understand the level of motivation he's going to have coming into this week. Gim is 117th on the FedEx Cup money list, which means he needs to play well over these last two fall events if he wants to have playing privileges on the PGA Tour in the spring. Remember, those that finish 126 or worse will have to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour. Or if they choose, they can take their talents to the DP World Tour overseas. And Gim does not want to have to do that. He's been a steady player on the PGA Tour since 2020. And I, I firmly believe that he has the game to be one of the top 125 players on the PGA Tour every year. Gim... You know, he's a very venue-specific player. Luckily, we're getting him this week at a place that fits his game and he's had past success at. For So for our only pick to place for the week besides the sleeper, Doug Gim to top 20 at plus 160 on bet 365. On to our one and only outright winner for the week. I'm fired up about this one. We've got Ben Griffin at 25 to 1 at bet online and... You know, the time has come. We've been tracking Ben Griffin since this time last year. He has proven that he is the king of the fall series. Last year, Griffin had three top 25s in the fall series, including a tied for third finish at last year's Bermuda Championship. This year, he comes into Bermuda having top 25 in three of his five fall events. Griffin had a Golden opportunity to win the Sanderson Farms Championship in Mississippi almost exactly a month ago and ended up coughing up the lead on Sunday to Luke List. Um, you know, nonetheless, great start, great boost of confidence for Griffin, knowing that he can be in that situation. I expect him to capitalize on it next time he's there late on Sunday. 
you know, he had two events where, you know, he had two events after Mississippi where he didn't place Shriners and the Zozo. But I was very pleased by the way he bounced back last week in Cabo en route to a 23rd place finish there um, at El Cardinal. And we're talking about a player whose game was just made in a factory to win at Port Royal. Uh, You know, he is extremely accurate off the tee. Griffin hits a ton of greens and the best part of his game is, and is his putting. So my winner for the Bermuda championship will be Ben Griffin at 25 to one at bet online onto our one sleeper for the week. It's going to be Alex Smalley to top 10 at plus 250 on Bet 365. I really like the 27 year old out of Duke this week as the dark horse. Smalley, you know, he he finished the he finished the spring just outside of the top 50. He finished the spring 58th on the FedEx Cup money list. So had to get back to work this fall. And, you know, he's done okay. Uh, you know. Ended the spring there with the second place finish at the John Deere. And then he kind of turned it around in the fall. Um, You know, he's played two events this fall, 16th at the Sanderson Farms and 61st in Vegas. Um, You know, the reason I love Smalley in the dark horse position this week is that he's played incredibly well in his two visits to Bermuda. 12th in 2022 and 11th last year where Smalley's two results at Port Royal. The one big concern here is the putting. Smalley, you know, really has not putted worth a damn this fall. Two events, tough to really, uh, tough to judge the putting based on eight rounds of golf. Um, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Career-wise, he's been a solid putter. So I'm going to take a chance on Smalley this week. You know, like I said, uh, in Bermuda last two years, Smalley has finished 12th and he's finished 11th. Um, I think he can better that. I'm taking a chance on Smalley this week with the sleeper, regardless of the faulty putting. It's Alex Smalley to top 10 at plus 250 on bet 365. All right, on to our first round leader for the action in Bermuda. I'm going with Akshay Bhatti at 40 to 1 on DraftKings. Now, I told you at the start of the show that Batia's outright number at 22 to 1 is way off. It should be, like I said, more around 30 to 1. Um, that's not to say he's not going to have a good week. This is someone uh, who has performed extremely well. In fact, he's made a living on the PGA Tour, performing well at coastal golf courses, played well at Mexico, played well at Corrales, won in Lake Tahoe, um, and he finished 17th in Bermuda last year. He rarely plays poorly when it comes to coastal golf and you know Batia he's had a respectable first round scoring average this year he comes in here averaging 70.2 in opening rounds which is 62nd on the PGA Tour if anyone is going to get hot out of the gate and 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 take a commanding lead after round one it's going to be Akshay Bhatti, especially after the great 10th place finish last week in Cabo. He's got some momentum going. So the first round leader on Thursday will be Akshay Bhatti, and that will cash at 40-1 to 1 on DraftKings. Let's move along to the scoring prediction before we finish things up with the lineup and best bet. The scoring prediction, um, you know, keep an eye on don't, – don't book this tonight. You can wait until – tomorrow afternoon. The reason why you should wait until tomorrow afternoon is because you need to focus on the weather. Um, Right now, I'm going with 17 under par for my scoring prediction. 
Uh, right now, as far as the forecast is concerned, you'll get two days of phenomenal weather on Thursday and Friday. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday call for aggressive winds and some rain. If the forecast clears up as the week goes on, 17 under will not be the winning number. If you're betting this on, if you're betting the score on Wednesday afternoon, double check the weather. If the weekend still looks like brutal weather in Bermuda, color me obsessed with the 17 under number as the winning score. If the forecast is coast and clear by Wednesday, the winning number is going to be 24 under par. So keep an eye on that as we progress. Wait to to book the scoring prediction until late Wednesday afternoon. Wait as long as you can. Keep an eye on that forecast. If it looks calm, 24 under is your number. If the weather looks brutal on the weekend, 17 under is your number. On to the lineup uh, for the Bermuda Championship. Number one is going to be Thomas Dietrich, who has finished 22nd and 2nd in his last two starts in Port Royal. Number two will be Alex Smalley, who is our sleeper, and another historically sound player at Port Royal. Number three is Doug Gim. You heard me go over why I like him and the picks to place. We'll go with a past Bermuda champion, Lucas uh, Herbert, in the four hole. Now, Herbert is a guy that a lot of people like this week. Uh, past champion, you know, does play well on, on the coastal golf courses. Um, the fact is he just came off from, you know, uh, I think a – a four or five month long hiatus from golf, just put the clubs away, was sick of it, needed a break. It's been a long year with the PGA tour live mess for some of these players. It was a tough decision. Some of these players, they look back now and feel they made the wrong decision. I can't speak for Herbert there uh, being that uh, he is an Aussie. He's, he's from Australia. I'm sure he had some opportunities uh, to go join a cam Smith. And, and, you know, looking back now, Lucas, Lucas Herbert is the type of player that uh, is not going to is not going to be on the right end of this PGA Tour live drama because if the merger doesn't come together mid-tier players who were offered uh big live money like Lucas Herbert they're not going to get the same they're not going to get the same dollar amount from the PGA Tour if the two sides don't merge and um, likely now the opportunity to get the same amount of money from live this year as he was offered last year is nearly impossible. So, you know, you saw some mental breakdowns near the end of last year, Lucas Herbert totally shut it down, but I'm willing to put the past champion in my lineup, uh, in the four position. Number five, I like my guy, Justin Lauer in the five spot and number six for the caboose. I'm going with champions tour player, Brian Gay. Uh, because here's his last four starts at Port Royal. Third place, win, 12th place, and 11th place. I understand Brian Gay, he's playing 50-plus golf now, but you can't leave him off the lineup at Port Royal. You just can't do it. So one more time back over the lineup, it's going to be Thomas Dietrich, Alex Smalley, Doug Gim, Lucas Herbert, Justin Lauer, and Brian Gay for the lineup. All right, listeners, a quick break from the golf to tell you about what we have going on over at pregame.com. Use my coupon code BERMUDA20 on pregame.com for 20% off all purchases at pregame.com. Once again, that is BERMUDA20. Listeners of this podcast only get 20% off any purchases on pregame.com. All right, back to the golf. 
All right, on to the best bet to round things off. It's going to be a matchup for the best bet this week. It's going to be Brandon Wu over Vince Whaley at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And this is another case where you just have to trust a player based on what they've done on coastal golf courses. And Brandon Wu has proven to be one of the best um, in coastal golf over the last two years. Back-to-back top five finishes at Vedanta in Mexico. He played solid at Corrales last year, and he's also two for two and made cuts in Bermuda. And I like him over Vince Whaley because Whaley finished the season ranked 124th on the Corn Ferry Tour and 184th on the PGA Tour. I understand Whaley. He had a couple pop-up good events in Vegas and in Napa, but you look at Whaley's resume this year, and he's lost shots on the greens in over half of his events, and his approach numbers with the irons are absolutely shocking. This is all day right here. The best bet for the Bermuda Championship is going to be Brandon Wu over Vince Whaley at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And that will do it here on the Golf Preview Podcast on the Pregame Network. Thanks for joining me today. For more golf content, you can find me on Twitter at DRMedia59, and we'll talk next Tuesday ahead of the final event of the fall in the RSM Classic.